The following message is brought to you by New Song Church and Pastor Joshua Blunt in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on New Song, visit us online at newsongpeople.com. chapter 6. We're in a series right now called Kingdom Manifesto. And uh, we're actually in week 9 of this series. Isn't that wild? It's a long series. Next week is the last week of this series. But man, it's been so good as we have been unpacking the most incredible sermon that was ever preached, the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus, his Sermon on the Mount, where he gives his kingdom manifesto. Jesus, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, talks about what it looks like to live in his kingdom, what the call is to his kingdom, what it consists of. And if you've been paying attention, you've probably noticed that one of the things Jesus does throughout the Sermon on the Mount is he addresses the issues of the heart. And he talks about the heart because he, he deals with these issues of the heart, like matters of the heart, because the heart matters, right? The Bible says in Proverbs 4 that, that it's from our heart that flows the issues of life. What's going on in your life is happening in your life because of what's going on in your heart. And so Jesus is addressing these issues of the heart so that we can be strengthened in our heart to walk out his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And so once again today, Jesus addresses a very relevant issue that we all deal with at some level, and that is the issue of worry. Somebody say worry. worry. Now, as we jump into this today, I want you to just take a moment, and I want you to think about the thing that you find yourself worrying about from time to time. For some of you, there's something that just keeps coming up uh, that you keep worrying about. You lose sleep over it. You, you wrestle with this issue. Maybe it's a financial issue. Maybe it's a health issue. Maybe it's a, a, a fear issue. I don't know. But there's something that you're worrying about. Maybe for some of you, you worry about a lot of stuff. In fact, you're worried because you worry too much. You're worried about your worry. But we all deal with worry. In fact, I want you just so we're, you're all on the same page. If you ever worry in here, I want you to lift up your hand real quick. And I want everybody to pay attention. Look around the room. Everybody's hands are up. We all Worry. Worry comes up in our life. We live in a world where worry can get on us very easily. And so Jesus addresses this relevant issue of worry and helps us to understand how we can overcome this issue of worry. Because that thing that you're worrying about, I want you to know something. God wants to set you free from worry. Somebody say amen. amen. That's good news. God wants to set you free from worry. Matthew chapter 6, look at this, verse 25. Jesus talking. He says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry. Say it with me. Do not worry. Now put your hand on your heart. Tell yourself, say, do not worry. Now put your hand on your head. Tell yourself, say, do not worry. Jesus says, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or stow away in barns, and yet the heaven, your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Some may say, I'm more valuable than a bird. There you go. Good news. Verse 27. Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? The answer is no. And why do you worry about your clothes? See how the, the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you, that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today 
and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry. There it is again, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. And so then he gives us the alternative to worry. Here it is, verse 33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things. What are all these things? They're all the things that we're worried about. All the things that we're losing sleep over. All those things that have you bothered. All these things will be given to you as well. In other words, God's going to deal with that stuff you're worried about. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. How many of you know there's going to be stuff tomorrow that you can worry about if you want to? That's an option. There's going to be more stuff. It's going to keep popping up. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Jesus does something amazing here. I mean, it's, it's even kind of hard for us to wrap our brain around this in a way because it's such, it is something that we've just kind of accepted, which is this thing that like we have to worry we, we've just kind of believed that like worry is just a part of life. But Jesus says, do not worry. And notice how he says it. He doesn't say, hey, something to consider, okay? Think about this. Here's an option for you. Try. He doesn't say that. He says, do not worry. It's a command that he gives us. We're commanded to do not worry. So, so here's what that tells me. It's possible to live a worry-free life. If you're taking notes, write that down. It's possible to live a worry-free life. You say, Pastor Josh, I don't know. I don't think so. Like, you don't know what's going on with me. You don't know what's going on with my money. You don't know what's going on with my kids. You don't know what's going on with my spouse. Like, I, I, just, don't, I just don't buy this. Well, listen, Jesus says, do not worry. So the fact that Jesus says that, listen, if Jesus, the King of Kings, who's giving us his kingdom manifesto, tells us, that it's possible to live a worry-free life by telling us, do not worry. If he says that and then it's, it's impossible, how many of you know that's, that's kind of a jerk move, right? Like if he's a king and he's raising up, like recognize what he's doing. He's calling us to a standard and the standard is do not worry. He's calling us to obedience and the command is do not worry. So if he's calling us to obedience to something, calling us to a standard of something and we can't fulfill it, that's just a mean jerk move. And listen, Jesus is not a mean jerk. <laughs> like some of you need to hear that. Je Jesus ain't a jerk. He's kind. He's a good king. He loves you. He values you. He's got a plan for you. So if Jesus says that we can live a life free from worry, you need to understand it's possible to live a worry-free life. And so what Jesus is going to do, and what I want to show you today in these verses, is, is what kind of, what, why we worry, what worry at the, at the root of it, what it's all about, and then how we begin to walk out this alternative to worry. All right, so I've got five points for you this morning. And here's my first one. We're going to jump right into this. Worry, Jesus tells us what worry is all about. Worry is about you and worry is about later. Worry is about you, and worry is about later. Look at this verse, Matthew 6, 25. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, about your body, what you will wear. So notice, notice the things that are underlined there. Your, you, your, you. So who's the focal point here? You. And then, and then what are we looking at here? Will, will, and your life. So, so what we will do, and it's, it's all about us. So what happens is, 
Worry's about you and worry's about later. What happens with worry is we get super hyper-focused on us and we begin to project into the future based on what could happen to us. And so here's what, here's what happens. When, when we focus in on us, when you really start to look at yourself and put your attention on yourself, you begin to feel very inadequate. Like that's what gets highlighted. I don't know if you've ever looked in the mirror before, but when you look in the mirror, you notice stuff that's off, right? You ever notice that? I'm not the only one. I know I'm not the only one. You look in the mirror and you see stuff. Even if you're looking good, you'll see stuff and you'll be like, man, I got less, less hair than I had last year. That's annoying, right? Or man, there's some wrinkles that weren't there before. Or man, there's something in my teeth. Like the longer you look in the mirror, the longer you look at yourself, the more you're going to see that things in you are a little bit off, a little bit that, that ain't right. That's a little off. That needs to be fixed. There's something wrong there. And so what happens is, is we look at ourselves and we focus in on ourselves. We begin to project into the future based on our inadequacies. And what we begin to do is we begin to measure what could happen in the future versus who we are in ourselves. And we start to look at things and we say, I don't know that I'm enough for that. If that happens, I don't know that I'm enough. So we begin to do stuff like we say, man, I don't know how great of a career I can really have because I'm not smart enough. I'm not as smart as some of these other people out here. I, I, I'm just, not, I'm just not enough when it comes to my thinking. When it, I'm, not as, as crea- I'm not creative enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not intelligent enough. And so we measure our future versus who we are in ourselves. Or we look at uh, things like, uh, I'll never be able to, to fit in with everybody else because I'm not funny enough. You know, I'm not good looking enough. I'm not fit enough. You know, I'll probably, I'm not going to fit in. I may not ever find a, a spouse because, you know, I'm, I'm just not enough to ever have somebody that would really care about me, really love me. We, we look at our, our situation. We say, I don't, I don't know that I, I have enough money to, you know, ever get out from under this debt, ever get out from under these problems because I don't make enough. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not bringing in enough. I don't have enough. We look at our situation and we say, I, you know, I, I, want, I want more opportunities, but, but I'm just not being seen enough. No one's paying enough attention to me. I, I wish more people would give me more opportunities, but I guess I'm not enough. We begin to start measuring ourselves against our situation. And this is what causes us to worry. You say, Josh, that's not my worry though. I'm worried about like my kids. I'm worried about these other things. Even if you're worried about your kids, what you're really worried about is yourself in the picture with your kids. I don't know that I'm enough. Like my kids are going to be facing some stuff and I'm not enough. I can't be with them all the time. I'm not enough. I'm not like, like God. I can't always be there. I may not always have all the answers. I may not, I'm not enough. I don't know what to say. I'm not smart enough. And so we begin to begin to project our situations, our life, our future, and we measure everything against just ourself. And so, so, so here's the issue. The issue is this idea of enough. And so if you find yourself here today at church and you're saying, man, I just don't think I'm enough. I, I want to I help you, okay? I want to help you. And this isn't going to feel like it's helping you right off the bat, but I promise you it will in the end, okay? If you think I'm not enough, okay, let me help you out. You are absolutely right. <laughs> you're not enough. God did not create you to, on your own, be enough, and part of your problem is you're measuring your future against just you and you are not enough. But the good news is if you have Jesus, 
you have God. And God, listen, God is enough. In fact, God is more than enough. He's more than enough to meet every circumstance you could face in your future. If you have God on your side, you have enough. Somebody say amen. amen. In fact, I love this. I love that one of the names that God gives us in the Bible is he calls himself I am. I am. You know what's great about that is because we're going to face situations in our life where we can look at ourselves and we say, you know what? I am not. I am not strong enough. And when you find yourself going, I'm not strong enough, God says, I am. When you find yourself going, I'm not smart enough, you know what God says? I am. When you find yourself going, I, I, I don't think I am enough for, for whatever the situation may be. Listen, God says to you today, I am. Somebody say, that's good news. So on your own, listen, you are not enough. But with God, you are more than enough. You have what you need if you have God on your side and you can call upon the name of the Lord, every one of you, and be saved. So enough is available if you'll lean into God, if you'll call on God. But what we have to do is we have to learn to embrace that. Like embrace this idea that I'm not enough and God is. In fact, that's what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 12, verse nine. He says, but he, God said to me. So, so Paul is dealing with some situations where he's saying, I'm not enough. I got a problem here. I can't seem to overcome it. And God said this to him. He says, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness in that area where you find yourself going, I'm not enough here. Guess what? That's where God's power can be perfect in your life. And then Paul says this, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness. Now, listen, that is countercultural. That's not what we do in the world we live in today, is it? Like we don't brag about, like nobody's, you know, putting Instagram posts about the time they, they polished off a, do a dozen donuts. Like they're not doing that. <laughs> You're posting like after you all sweaty coming home from the gym, like, look what I just did. I'm working out so hard. Not, not after you just tagged a, a bucket of bluebell. Like that's not how you, you roll. And listen, I'm not saying that we brag about that stuff. I'm saying where you find yourself weak is where God potentially can be strong. That's where God, God showcases. This is what Paul's teaching us. God can showcase his power on the stage of human weakness. If you will choose to say, okay, God, this is an area where I'm not enough. This is an area where I'm weak and I'm calling on the name of the Lord. And I'm inviting you into this situation so that your power can be made perfect in my weakness. And guess what? So potentially where you are the weakest is actually where you can be the strongest. And how much of a witness is that to the power of God in that the area where you find yourself weak, you can be strong in that area and display a strength to the world where they go, man, something is going on with you. And you can point them to Jesus Christ who does, who, who calls those things that be not as though they are and brings death to life. Does somebody say amen? amen. It's possible. So, so here's my point here. If you want to deal with worry, it, it, quit like trying to just avoid your inadequacies, quit trying to convince yourself enough and, and convince yourself, listen, that God is enough. You're not enough, but God is more than enough. Jesus goes on from here, verse 26. He says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or stow away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Now, let me remind you what's going on. Jesus is teaching this group of people by the Sea of Galilee. They're outside, like they're not in an air-conditioned church. No, they're outside. And so I imagine maybe there were some birds that flew by in this moment. And Jesus said, hey, guys, look at this. Pay attention. Look at these birds. They're, they're out here. They're taken care of. They're not, they're not sowing. 
They're not re- like they have no plan for the future. They don't have a 401k. They're not doing all that, but they're taken care of. God takes care of them. He provides for them. He supplies for them. And then he says, are you not much more valuable than they? Jesus speaks into an issue that is a, a worry motivator that many of us deal with. An issue that keeps us in this state of worry. And it's this issue related to our value. For many of you, the reason why you worry, one of the reasons why you find yourself worrying is because at the end of the day, you don't really see how much God values you. How valuable you are to the God of all creation, to the all-powerful King of kings and Lord of lords. God values you. In fact, if you're taking notes, write this down. Number two, you need to know your value. And listen, your value is not based on what the world says. Your value is not based on what the world measures as valuable. Your value is based on who God, what God says. So I, I was thinking about this this week, and uh, Sarah was on the mission trip with my son Gus, and so it was just me and my daughters. And I was telling them about the message, and as we were talking about it, we, we kind of came up with this illustration. So I invited, I invited them to kind of help me with this, and so there, we, we want to help you get this idea of, of understanding your value. So first of all, I, I have a $100 bill in here. Who would want to have a $100 bill if that's you lift up your hands? Okay, if you don't have your hands, what's wrong? Like, why wouldn't you want $100 bill? It's $100, right? We want $100. That'd be great. Now, related to this $100 bill, you need to understand something. So like I said, I I had my girls help me. They got the $100 bill here. Uh, First of all, this $100 bill, like I know you're saying I'd like to have that, but you need to understand a few things about it. First of all, um, the first thing we did was we took this $100 bill, we sat it down, and we began to talk to it a little bit. And we actually, we said some kind of mean things to the $100 bill. Like we called it names, we made fun of it, we we told the $100 bill it was worthless, never amount to anything. It's lazy, you know? We said all these mean things about this $100 bill. So I just want you to understand, there's been some stuff said over the $100 bill that was a little negative. Not the best stuff was spoken over it. Uh, beyond that, the $100 bill has been through some stuff this week. We, we've we've kind of run it through the ringer. The first thing we did was we gave this $100 bill to my dog Frankie for a little bit. She had it. So, you know, dogs like... <laughs> Dogs are dogs, right? They're kind of, kind of, you know, not the cleanest. So it's, it's been with her. She had it. Um, then we took it out, and, and the girls, they dug a hole. And we, we took the $100 bill, and we dug this hole with the... And then we, we put the, the $100 bill into the hole, put it in the hole, covered it up with dirt. So, you know, dirt, dirt's dirty, right? That's why you call it dirty. Dirt, it's dirty. So there's dirt on it. It got dirty. I mean, who knows? Maybe in worms. I don't know. So it's been through some stuff. Um, after that, we took it uh, over by our trash cans and we decided we're going to put it in the trash can. And so this $100 bill like that you said that you wanted, it's been in the trash. It's been around garbage. It's like touched the garbage, okay? That happened. It really did happen. Um, after that, we wadded it up. We threw it on the ground. I actually, actually drove over it with the car. Like it's been... So I, my point is this, like this $100, like it's been through some stuff, now, after this was over, we, we cleaned it up. You know, I wiped it off and got some hand sanitizer and touched it up with that a little bit. So it's been cleaned up. But here's the thing. I can't promise you that in the days ahead, it's not going to go through some stuff. Like, I can't promise you it's not going to get into the hands of the wrong person. It's not going to be in some more dirty situations, some more ugly situations. I don't know what could happen. So, so knowing all that, how many of you would still say, you know what? I would still take the $100. Yeah, all of you would. You know why? Because it's $100. 
And here's the thing about the $100. The value is not based on what it's been through. The value is not based on what it's faced, what's been spoken over it, what, what, it's, what it's touched, what it's been around, what it could be around. The value is based on its value. It's valuable to you. Okay, listen, in the same way, God looks at you today and he doesn't base his value on what's been said over you. God's not looking at you today going, man, there have been some bad things said over them. I don't know. They, they've lost some value because somebody said something negative to them. God doesn't look at you today and say, man, they've been around some dirty stuff. They've sinned. They've made some mistakes. They've touched some ugly areas. I don't, I don't, I don't value them as much. God doesn't look at you today and say, you know what? I know the end from the beginning. I know where they're going to go. I know the future. And they're going to get into some more stuff. There's going to be some more messes. And so, you know, I devalue them. No, no. God values you because God values you. And how much does he value you? Here's how much. He values you enough to send his son Jesus to die on the cross for your sins. You see, value is not determined by a set price. Value is determined by what someone will choose to pay. And what Jesus was willing to choose to pay for you was he sent his son Jesus to give his life. God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross so that you could be saved. He values you that much. And if you can really come to believe that, and recognize that, how much God values you, I'm telling you, it's going to do massive damage to the stuff you're worried about. Jesus is saying, hey, look at these birds. Look at the grass. Look at this world. Look at how God takes care of all this stuff. Of course he's going to take care of you. He made you in his image. He values you more than any of this stuff. So you can move ahead in, the, in your life, in the future, and whatever you're facing, knowing that the God that you serve values you. He loves you. He cares about you. So you need to know your value. God values you. Next thing that Jesus shows us, Matthew 6, 27. Am I helping you? Say yes. yes. Verse 27, he says, can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? Actually, in the, in the literal Greek translation of this, this is how Jesus put it. And who of you by being worried can add a single cubit to his stature? Now, a cubit was a length of measurement, and it was about from, the, from your fingertips to your elbows, how long a cubit was. And so what Jesus is saying here is, it, can you, by worrying, make yourself any bigger? In other words, what Jesus is saying is, by worrying, are you actually helping yourself, strengthening yourself, making yourself bigger against the thing that you're worried about? The answer is no. So, so here's point number three. Worry doesn't add up. Worry doesn't add up. Listen, worry is not necessary. Like you're not being a better parent if you worry about your kids. You're actually just losing your energy, losing your focus, and, and actually you're, you're driving people around you kind of crazy with the stuff that you're worried about. <laughs> just worrying about this stuff is not helping because worry doesn't take away tomorrow's troubles, but it does steal you of today's peace. And it steals other people of today's peace when you're living in this constant state of worry. What's going to happen? What if? What if this happens? What if? And it doesn't help. In fact, they've done all these statistics. Like the stuff that we worry about, how many of you can relate to this? You've worried over something, lost sleep over something, and it wasn't even a thing. Like... This happened to me so many times. Statistics tell us that 40% of what you worry about will never happen. 40% of 
of what we worry about. Never even going to be a thing. 30% of your worries concern old decisions that you can't even change. So we're worried about stuff that we did in our past and it's like done. What's done is done related to that situation and yet we're worried about it. 12% of our worries concern criticism that comes from people who feel inferior to you. So there's people that are saying stuff to you because they feel inferior and they're trying to tear you down so they can feel built up and you're allowing them to by worrying about the things that they're, they're throwing at you. 10% of our worries are related to your health, which actually worsens your health. So we're worried about our health and by worrying about our health, we're making ourselves unhealthy. How many know that is not helping? And only 8% of what we worry about, check this out, 8% of what we worry about is actually legitimate. Only 8%. And in order for us to deal with the legitimate things that come up in a legitimate way, we have to approach them from a place of not being worried. Some may say, there's no need to worry. There's no need to worry. Worry doesn't add up. It's just wasting your time. It's zapping your energy. It's stealing your health. You cannot, by obsessing, over, influence what you have no control over. So Jesus says, verse 28, why do you worry about your clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. In other words, they, they don't have a concept of the future. Like the flowers are not planning for the future. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown in the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Okay, so remember where we started. Worry is about you. And worry is about later. And so what we do often when we worry is we project our future. And one of the things we do through worry is we project our future and we worry because we project a future absent of God and God's help. See, worry is another way of saying fear. And fear is faith in reverse. It's the opposite of faith. And so what God invites us to do is he invites us to walk by faith. Walking by faith is this. We, we trust that in the future, God is going to be present in my future. That in the days ahead, what I'm going to face, I'm going to face with God by my side. And this God that values me and loves me is going to be with me so I can walk by faith into the future knowing that the God I serve will be in my future with me. So listen, when I add God, this is why it's adding up. When I add God to the equation, it's always a positive. But what we do when we worry is we subtract God from the equation. We look at the future and we say, I don't know if God's going to be there. I don't know if God really cares. I don't, I don't think he is. And so we subtract God from the equation. We trap, uh, subtract God from the future and we say, this is not going to add up. And so what it does is it creates a negative, negative emotions, negative feelings. It's a negative. And so God invites us to walk by faith. That's why Jesus says, oh, you of little faith. And when he says that, he wasn't like, like being mean to these guys. In fact, it's interesting the way Jesus puts it. In fact, this is the only time, if you study this out in the Greek, this is the only time that this phrase is said the way it's said in all of Greek literature. This is what Jesus originally said. He said, oh, you little faithers, you. And you hear that and you're kind of like, oh, wow, that's interesting. So here's what Jesus is doing. He's going, guys, look at the birds. <laughs> Look at, look at all this stuff. Look at these flowers. Like they're, they're taken care of. They're clothed. Like these, these flowers are best, they're dressed better than Kanye. They're, like they're looking good. They're taken care of. Like they got good stuff. And if God's taking care of all this stuff, of course he's going to take care of you. Oh, you little faithers, you. 
That's what Jesus is saying. He's just kind of like poking. He's kind of saying, hey, you need to wake up to the reality. There is a God who is in control, who loves you and is watching over you and wants to help you. Oh, you little faithers, you. But here's what happens. And it's why God uses his word faith. Because a lack of faith is a lack of trust. And so what happens when we worry, here's point number four, is worry is a trust fall. It's a trust fall. Now, when I say trust fall, I'm not talking about what you did in junior high at the little, you know, day of, of, of you know, dare to keep kids off drugs or whatever it was, where you fall back and somebody catches you. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about we fall short in our trust in God. We don't trust God like we should. And so what we end up doing is we don't believe that God is really going to be present in our present day, and we're not really sure if he'll be present in our tomorrow. And so in the middle of the day, what we do is we start to look into the future and we start to try to borrow from tomorrow the worries and the concerns that might come up. We're trying to pull that into the realm of today. But God is saying, hey, trust me. Trust me that I'll be with you today and then I'll be with you tomorrow. That no matter what you face, you're going to face it with me by your side. The Bible says it like this in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge me. Submit to me, and he will make your path straight. In other words, here's what God is saying. We, we read a verse like that sometimes, and we think, okay, God wants to just direct me in the path he wants me to go. But if you look at the scripture, you look at the Bible, and you understand what God's heart was all about, you see this verse in a different way. See, God's not just saying, hey, follow me, and I'll just tell you where to go. God's saying, hey, follow me. And I'll take your hand, walk with you today, and walk with you into tomorrow. That's why the path is straight, because God is walking with you down the path. God will be present in your today, and he'll be present with you in tomorrow, no matter what you face. So God's inviting us to trust. Trust, trust in God, trust in the heart of God. In fact, he goes on to say this, verse 31, so do not worry, notice that, there it is again. What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall, notice in the future, what shall, what shall, what shall, what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things. And he says pagans, like we, you know, we think of pagans, like you call somebody a pagan, it's like, whoa, okay, that was kind of rude. But when Jesus says pagans, what he's really referring to is the people who don't know God. He's saying, hey, there's these people out here and they don't know God like you do. Why are you, why are you living like them? Why are you thinking like them? Why are you worrying like them? They have no concept of a heavenly father. That's what he says. He says, he says, for the pagans run after these things and your heavenly father, notice he points us back to a father. Your heavenly father knows what you have need of. You know, one of the great blessings I've had in my life is I have a great father. And throughout my life, I know this about my father. He's going to be present in my life. If I call on him, he's going to be there. He's going to be there to celebrate when things are great. But you know what? He's also going to be there to help me in my darkest moments. My father has always been there for me. That's the kind of father you have in Father God. He is a heavenly father. And he says this, he says, he knows that you have need of these things. He says he knows it. Listen, some of you need to hear this. God knows what's up. God knows what's going on. Like, yes, he's the God of all creation, but he's not so busy, like caught up with creation that he's forgetting about you. Like God's not up in heaven going, oh man, I'm so sorry. I, t- I got so busy. I totally forgot about you. you. You good? You good? I'm sorry. I was, I was, you know, Middle East or some stuff. Got kind of tied up in that. You good? You, okay. I'm going to go back to that. Good luck for a little bit. You know, no, 
He, we serve an omniscient God. He knows everything. In fact, the Bible says it like this. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, keep them, keeping watch on the evil and the good. God is your heavenly Father. He's good. He sees you. He knows what you're facing. And just because you're facing something and it feels like it's not going the way you wanted it to go doesn't mean God's not aware of it and God's not in the middle of it and God's not going to help you through it. We serve a good God. God knows what's up. And it's from this place, as, as God is, as Jesus has been revealing the heart of God and the value that God has for you, that he gives us this alternative. Verse 33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. All these things, all these things you're concerned about, all these things you're worried about, the provision, what's going on with my kids, what's going on with my family, what's going on with my spouse, all this stuff. If anybody sees me, does anybody notice me, does anybody care? God sees all of this. And if you seek first his kingdom, all of these things will be added unto you. So here's point number five. Seek first God's kingdom. So remember where we started, okay? Worry, what is it? It's where we, we're, we're focused on ourself and we're looking into our future. And we worry because we project into our future God absent and we look at our inadequacies and we say it's not enough, so I'm worried. I'm worried no one's gonna see me. I'm worried I'm not gonna be enough. I'm worried I'm never gonna make it. I'm not smart enough. I'm not, we, we worry. And so what we do is we borrow from tomorrow concerns and we begin to bring them in today. And what Jesus tells us here at the end is he says, when you're tempted to borrow from tomorrow and worry, look for a way to participate in what God is doing today. In other words, take your attention off yourself. Take your attention even off your thing that you're worried about and set your focus on God and what God has his focus on. This is what Jesus did. What does Jesus do? He goes about doing good, healing all who were oppressed. And he said, I came only to do the will of my father. That's what Jesus said. So what was Jesus doing? He's getting his cues from God. God's directing his path. And what's God directing his path towards? Helping other people, loving other people, ministering to other people, serving other people. See, what we do when we worry is we just get consumed with us. We start trying to make it happen in our inadequacies. Instead, what if, what if we participated in kingdom practices? What if we'd be a person of prayer, a person of worship? What if we looked for, what can I do today that, that continues to grow the kingdom of God? I'm worried about my finances. I'm worried about my health. I'm worried about, well, what if, let's say you're worried about your finances. What if, instead of just concerning yourself or even what we try to do a lot of times, I'll just do something else to take my mind off of it. What if instead of that, what if we set our mind and our attention and our focus on God and what God cares about? Is, is there anyone you know who's worried about their finances? What can you do to serve them? Maybe it's give to them. You say, well, I'm worried about my finances. How do I give to somebody else? Hey, that's walking by faith. I'm not saying you give everything away, but can you, can you give them 10 bucks to go get a coffee? Can you pray for them? Like, what if you just pray for them? Take your attention off yourself. Lord, pray for them the way you would want to be prayed for. There's somebody you know, and, and you want to have a baby. Man, you want to have a baby. You're worried I'll never have a baby. Do you know anybody else that doesn't have a baby, that wants to have a baby? Why don't you pray for them? Why don't you send them a text and say, hey, I'm praying over you, thinking about you. Send them a note. Send somebody a thank you note. Like, what can you do to participate in the kingdom of God today? 
to take your attention off just you and your thing, to set your attention on God, practice his principles, bring his kingdom about in this world around us. And let me just encourage you with this. Prayer is so powerful. Prayer is such a powerful tool against worry. In fact, the Bible says it like this in Philippians 4, 6, never worry about anything. Instead, in every situation, let God know what you need in your prayers and in your requests. You say, well, Josh, some of this stuff, I don't know that it's worth praying over. Well, is it worth worrying over? If it's worth worrying over, it's worth praying over. So, so participate in, what, in, in setting your attention on God, on his people. I, I remember um, when my son was born, he was our first baby, brought him home and it was that first week of like having a baby at home. If you new parents, like it's our first baby, okay? So it's like wild, wild stuff going on, wild stuff. And I remember I was, I, you know, I was trying to help a lot, doing as much as I could. So I'm waking up for every feeding. I'm warming up the bottles. Sarah's pumping, which is wild. And, and so I'm, I'm making the bottles while she's doing this and feeding this baby. And man, we were just, we were just going for it. We're tired. And I remember one day walking in the bathroom and seeing myself. I hadn't seen myself in a few days. And I was looking rough. Like my hair was disheveled. That's a good word, disheveled. I, I had bags under my eyes, dark circles. It's like your sleep, your sleep is, you know, terrible. Like every two hours you're waking up, it's crazy. And, um, I remember seeing myself, I've got on this blue jack-in-the-box shirt and it's got like a hole here and there's spit up on it. And just, I'm just looking at myself going, whoa, this is what I look like right now. And, and mind you, I'm, I look like this and I've been around my wife, like the love of my life, my wife, like the one that at one point in my life, when I was very worried about how I would look in front of her, like I would have never let her see me like this at one point in my life. It was always got to be, everything's got to be right and everything's got to look good because she looked really good and I want her to like me. I'm worried about her liking me. So I got I to gotta worry about me and how I look because I need her to like me. And so like that was at one point in my life. But at this point, I look rough. And you know what? I didn't give a rip. I didn't. Like I looked at myself and I remember thinking, whoa, all right. And just flipped off the light and walked in the other room. You know why? Because in that moment, I wasn't focused on me. My attention and my focus was on this new little baby and it was on serving my wife and this new little baby with everything I have. So now I'm not seeing all my inadequacies. I'm not seeing where I'm a little bit off or I'm a little bit rough. I'm not saying we just forget about those areas that we need to be working on. We need to, you need to invite the Holy Spirit to help you work on the stuff you need to work on. But if you just focus on you all the time, you're gonna be worried about a lot of stuff. But if you'll set your attention, your, sexual, your affection on God and what God cares about, I'm telling you, it's possible to live a worry-free life. You say, Josh, I just don't know. It just sounds impossible. Well, if that's you today, I just want you to understand something. I want you to hear this. Then your faith is in worry. Like you need to hear that. And so what you're saying, what you're saying is this. If I would have come out today and I would have said, hey guys, worry. You need to just worry about this stuff. It just trust in your worry. Lean into that stuff you don't get. Situations you don't understand, man, lean into that and just trust in your worry. If you trust in your worry, your life will be so much better. You're gonna say to me, no, right? Why? Because worry doesn't work. So why are we trying to make it work? 
Why do we keep leaning into it when we know it doesn't work? Why don't we lean into God? Why don't we lean into the truth and allow it to set us free? Jesus is the truth. And he wants you to live a worry-free life. And God values you. He loves you. He created you in his image. He has a plan for you. And his plan for you has him in the middle of your future. So do not worry. Our God is a good God, a very present help in our time of trouble. Would you bow your heads? Close your eyes. Thanks for listening to this week's message from New Song Church. If you have a prayer need or would like more information about New Song, you can email info at newsongpeople.com. If you would like to partner with New Song through giving, go to www.newsongpeople.com forward slash give. And if you want to stay connected to New Song, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for New Song People.